many of you in this room today are staring at things, some of which are unexpected. You may not have expected this thing to happen. I have stood and looked at unexpected things and, 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 and had no answers for the unexpected. Have you all ever been there where you had unexpected things? I mean, your expectation was very different. How many of you ever had an expectation of something? You just knew it was going to work out a certain way and your expectations were not met. I've been there. And, and, and found myself extremely disappointed in the fact that, that that expectation was not met. I mean, almost to the point, you know, I mean, challenging your faith sometimes. Have you all ever been there? Is it just me? And you just, you just your, your, your expectations are so high and then, and then the, this challenge comes and it's just not met. You almost feel like either God failed you or you failed God. Have you all ever felt that way? I know I have. Sure you have. If you've been saved, you felt that way. And, and if you stay saved, you're going to feel that way somewhere down the road. I would love to tell you as a faith pastor, because I, I preach faith. You all know me. I am a faith man. And I'm going to preach faith that you're not going to have dilemmas. You're not going to have challenges and that life is just going to be a bed of roses and you're just going to slick through life and, and, and walk on clouds of glory 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, and, and that would be just a lie. It just would not be the truth. We've had people that have come through here who try to make it appear as if they never have any problems. And that's really a bad thing because if you do that when you have a problem, it's going to cause people to look at you differently. You may as well go ahead and let everybody know right up front, I'm a human and I'm going to have problems just like you. Every person sitting in the church is human. Faults, failures, mistakes, issues, challenges, we're all human. And he said this, we're all working out our salvation. Would to God we'd stop judging somebody. And I, I talk about sin here. Y'all know that. I talk about living right. But you know, there's nothing worse than having somebody sitting beside you judging you. You know what I'm talking about? About how you live or whatever. That's between you and the Lord and your pastor's gonna preach the word and you're gonna have to decide whether or not you'll obey it. Somebody say amen. amen. At least here it gets preached, right? So anyway, uh, you know, I, I, so you go through these things challenges that come in your life, issues and things that happen. And I heard the words provision. You may, you may be staring at a, a job challenge or uh, maybe you're not. You might have children issues, maybe you're not. But there is a scripture that I want to read to you this morning. I want to talk about the provision of God. And I want to say this, I, 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 I'm hesitant to preach on provision because I've talked about so much about promise. How many know what I'm talking about when I talk about Promise. You know, when Jesus came, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. 3 John 2. Now that is God's will. That is the ultimate of God's will. It is his desire that you, you will be in health and that you prosper even as your soul prospers. That is the will of God. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. That is is the will of God. It's not going to be the will of God. It is. It was and it is the will of God. It is God's will that you, he said, he makes rich and adds no sorrow thereto. You may not have experienced this. He adds no sorrow to it, but he makes rich. He, he provides. In, but, but promise is, is, is bigger than provision. And so I'm hesitant when I talk about provision because I want people to live with the idea of, of promise. 
I want you to live in that knowledge. I want you to live in divine health. How many of you know it's better to live in divine health than get a divine healing? I'd rather not get sick. How about you? This morning, we loaded two of our kids up there at the, the urgent care right now. They were sick this morning. They had major issues. And we loaded them up in the car, and they're, they're at urgent care. I mean, that is not God's desire. That is not God's will. Now, don't get worried about my kids. They are like, because I know they'll get a healing. I have total confidence in that. But you know what's better than them getting a healing? Them never being sick. How many believe that's God's will? That you never get sick. I believe that. God loves you too much to let you get sick. I know some people have taught you that God will make you sick. Pity those people. Because God does not make you sick. He's the healer. He's the healer. God does not make you poor. He became poor that through his poverty, you could be rich. That's God's plan. Look at somebody and say, that's God's plan. If your wife's sitting there and say, hey, baby, do it. Okay, let me try this. If your wife is sitting next to you, look at her and say, hey, baby, God wants us rich. Lame, that was about as lame. Don't want to... All right, let's do it again. You ready? Do it right now. Hey, baby. God wants us rich. Boy, if I could get y'all to really believe that. It was hard to say it. Some of y'all struggle with that. But let me say this. This is the, uh, this is the thing. Because of religion, because of whatever, you being having a difficult time saying that indicates to me why you might be struggling. Because if you really believe that, it don't take me. My wife was sitting here. I'd look at her and say, hey, baby. God wants us rich. I believe it. I believe it with every fiber of my being. Now, rich means more than enough. More than enough. More than enough. More. Look at somebody say, more than enough. Not just enough, not not enough, but more than enough. God wants you to have more than enough. Did you know that? More than enough, more than enough, more than enough. God wants you to have more than enough. Miss Mary, God wants you to have more than enough. It is God's desire fully and entirely for you to have more than enough. All your bills paid. Stuff that you want and desire because he said he'd give you the desires of your heart. Tell somebody real quick, just look at somebody and yell out a desire real quick. Now, if you didn't yell out a desire, you might have missed a moment. You never know. Some folks don't even have a desire. They got that case, Sarah, Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. Y'all know I've been singing here lately during preaching. Just whatever gonna happen, gonna happen. You know, God got it all under control. Huh? 
No, we have to have faith and believe for it. You and I have to believe for the things that God wants in our life. First, we, I mean, you gotta understand God wants you to have these things. And so I wanna set that record straight. I want you to know that when I talk about provision, I'm not leaving aside or pulling away from the fact that God has promise. The children of Israel went through the wilderness. When they were in Egypt, during that time, it was a land of not enough. They were whipped, they were beaten, they were stolen from, they were abused, mistreated, and used. And that's where they lived in Egypt. That's where they were. That was their lifestyle for 400 years of slavery. That's how they lived. I mean, they lived in a condition of not enough. They didn't have enough of anything. Then they left that location. Due to God's plan, Moses came along and they are now free from the the tyranny that they were under and God delivers them from the challenge of their life. And they get free from slavery, not enough. They they, They abandon the lifestyle of not enough. And many of us grew up in not enough. Many of us have experienced not enough. And we've lived in a land of not enough when we just eking out an existence and from paycheck to paycheck and from dollar to dollar and, 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 and about the time you turn around, see, you have to understand, some folks just have a spirit of poverty on them. You need to be delivered. Amen. You know, I mean, you may not understand this, but our warfare is not carnal. It is mighty through God to pulling down the strongholds and there are people in this church that have a poverty spirit and, and you get money and, and you get, just start getting ahead and about the time you get to see the daylight, all of a sudden the air conditioner will break. Cargo bag. IRS call you. You want every time we're about to get out the hole. Bam! Take us back out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I can honestly say that I've been there. I have experienced it. See, I love pastoring because, first of all, you're not gonna get no fake dude from me. I'm not faking it for nobody. I am what I am. When you see me today, I will be this way to my road. How I act right now is how I'm gonna act in the next five minutes. I ain't driving big fancy cars and, and, and acting all holy with a bunch of bling on. I can't even wear bling. I'm allergic to it. It makes me break out, so I just don't wear nothing. So I'm going to tell you like it is. I'm going to tell you what I went through. I sat under a message and heard a man preach on prosperity for years, years, and didn't get it. I got a car given to me, a nice little car. And I, you know, I mean, I decided to, well, it wasn't really given to me. It was given to me to to finish the payments off, which was a real blessing. But y'all ever seen one of them Isuzu impulses? You don't see many of them on the road no more. They didn't last very long. And they must not have been made all that well. But I could have bought any car and that's the one I got. But it was sharp looking. It had that Lotus suspension on it. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? The, you see that car coming down the road. You remember them Joe Isuzu commercials and it had the, you know, uh, two satellite dishes and all that. Y'all remember that? Oh, come on. Am I that old? Anyway, so... You know, but these cars look like sports cars with a little smiley face on the front. Remember the smiley face? It looked like a little mouth. But they were sharp little car, and the thing would go. Bah! And uh, 
I had this spirit on me. I mean, I'm making lots of money. I'm doing well. Driving this car around. Here's a woman magnet. I could pick up a chicken that thing. <laughs> Great stereo. But all of a sudden, my windshield wiper went out. And it was a lot of money to fix that little car. So I just got me some Rain-X and put it on the window. <laughs> Drove around with Rain-X, you know what I'm talking about. Didn't have a windshield wiper. Because I was broke. Making money, broke. Working hard, broke. Anybody worked hard, broke? Amen. Sweating every day, broke. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And I couldn't afford it. Then my clutch went out. And I couldn't afford to fix it. So I had to shift it manually without a clutch. So I'd go down the road, you get the right speed, click, click. You know what I'm talking about? And didn't want to stop at no red light. Because you knew then you was in trouble. You had to start it. You don't know. You put it in gear. Na, 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 na. You might know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all been there. So I, every once in a while, I'd miss the red light and have to start the car. And I'd get going. Then the, when the clutch went out, the fluid from the clutch was, they made this thing so the fluid was up under the dashboard, fell down in the floor, soaked my floor up, and ruined all my shoes. Ruined all my shoes. Would ruin all the paint come off your shoe, you know. Oh, it was so bad I had the holes started developing in the shoe. You know, you'd softened up the leather on the bottom of my shoe or melt the plastic. I'd have to go to church with cardboard in my shoe. And I didn't want nobody laid hands on me because I was afraid I'd fall down. And if I fell down, they'd see the hole in my shoe. Matter of fact, when I'd fall down, I'd keep my knees bent, you know. <laughs> Feet on the floor. I'm just telling it like it is. I know some of y'all think nobody's ever been where you are. But I didn't get here with a silver spoon in my mouth. I didn't get here because somebody passed me a buck. I got here because of something I'm going to talk to you about today. I want to help you because I believe there are some of you in this room that need to hear what I've got to say. And so I'm, I'm just struggling with all this. And then I got a hole in the back window. At the bottom of the window, there was this gasket that had gone bad, and it would rain, and the water would fill up my tire well, which was inside the, in the trunk. When I'd ride around, it'd just swoosh, swoosh. <laughs> One day, I'm riding down the road. Now, realize I'm working hard every day, and this stuff is eating my money up. I go home. My house has been robbed. Brand, I had a, bought a brand-new Kenwood stereo. And back then, y'all know what I'm talking about. In the, in, in the 80s, this is around 89, 87, Kenwood was it. And you bought them like this. You know, now we got Walkmans and earphones and, you know, a speaker this size can do what this. My house, it was boom, bam. You know what I'm talking about? I had duh, stereo. Some guy backed up to my house, stole my stereo, stole my TV, stole everything. I just bought it. And I couldn't do the, well, I used the insurance. Never mind. So my car's swishing. I'm driving down the road one day. I turned the corner. Boom. And all of a sudden, the car went, boom. And my back wheel passed me. It just come out the socket and drove down the road. Sitting in a church, hearing somebody talk about prosperity 
every single week. Prosperity, prosperity. I mean, he preached on prosperity and God wants you rich and God wants to bless you and God wants to heal your body every single week with messages on prosperity and just couldn't get it. It wasn't happening to me. It was happening around me. Folks around me was getting it, but I wasn't getting it. I couldn't understand. Why am I not getting it? First of all, I had a bunch of religion in me and I, I, I was always carrying my cross. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We find out that whom the sun sets free is free indeed, you know. We gotta get some freedom in us. Man, it's not, it's not a bad thing to be saved and serve God and go to church. I found out it's a good thing to be saved, serve God, and go to church. I've lived that way. I've lived in that not enough land. I've lived there. I drove up one time to a stoplight. You remember I told you I couldn't have to start my car? I got my head out the window. I'm on my way to see Brother Hagin. Anybody know who Kenneth Hagin is? Brother Hagin was at our church. Dad Hagin was at our church in Lakeland. I was on my way to see him. I had my head out the window. Rain, because I couldn't see through my window. Rain's hitting me in the face. My hair's soaking wet. Swish, swish, swish going on in the back seat. No clutch, getting ready to start my car. And my pastor pulled up next to me. I don't know that he knew it was me, but he looked out the window of his Lexus. And goes like this. <laughs> At first I got mad and thought, you know, God, if anybody deserves a Lexus, it's me. I mean, I'm the one driving, right? He's got plenty of money. He can buy it, now he ought to give me a Lexus. And then it dawned on me, I'm a child of God too. And if God will bless him that way, I got mad. I mean, I got some mad, I got mad. If God will bless him that way, then God will bless me that way. I yelled at God, you don't love me any less. You don't love him anymore. And I'm telling you, I got serious in that car. I said, God, I've had enough of this, this hand to mouth, not enough money, barely getting by, can't pay my bill. I've had enough. I am done with that. I got serious with God, got committed to the word, started studying on prosperity, and to this day, I'm telling you, I tithe, I give, and God has transformed my life, my finances, and everything in my life to a, to a place where I am just as blessed as I can tell you blessed. And God does not love me any more than he loves you. God will not do something for me that he will not do for you. And God will not do something for you that he will not do for me. And God has a promise out there. He said, beloved, I wish above all things that you will prosper and be in health even as your soul. That is the land of promise that God wants for each and Somebody yell out, promise. Some of you wives, some of you husbands right now, look at your husband, look at your wife, say, I had enough. Had enough, I'm done with all this. I'm done with that. I'm through living hand to mouth. I'm sick of this. And mean it, mean it like you really mean it. I mean, just have it, I'm done with that. 
Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. Listen, I know what God will do when people will come to a good church and hear a good word. He'll provide jobs. He'll provide income. He'll provide. He'll provide. He will provide. He'll do exceedingly abundantly above. Exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. And it's according to a power that's working in us. There is a power in us. There's a power in us. Glory to God. And when we hear this kind of a message and we get empowered, we're gonna come out the other side of this thing. We're gonna win this victory. But I tell you, it'll take the people that believe. Somebody's gotta believe it. You gotta believe it. And you've got to receive it. You just can't hear it. It can't go in one ear and out the other. You've gotta stand here today and say, you know what? I heard my pastor. I believe what my pastor said. I've had enough. I'm done with this thing. I'm through with that. I'm ready to move on with God. I'm ready to go to a higher place. I'm ready to take on the child. I'm ready to go to higher high. I'm ready to go to deeper. I'm ready. Glory to God. Had enough letting the devil steal my money, letting the devil steal my house, letting the devil steal my children, letting the devil steal my stuff. I want my stuff back. Give me my stuff back. I want it back with some interest too. I want you to... I know the Bible says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I know the devil is defeated. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Go to God. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I have never seen their seed begging for bread. I am the seed of Abraham. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Glory to God. The blessings of Abraham. Go ahead and shout a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to move into God's blessing. I'm ready to move into the higher thing. I'm ready to step it up. I'm ready for my business to prosper. I'm ready to move on in. There is a promise. I've got a promise. And so I was troubled by this this morning. I I sat and I thought about it. I, I knew there was a land and not enough and I know There is a provision, a place that I can live in divine health and prosperity called promise. When they went over into the Canaan land, see, it was milk and honey, grapes and pomegranates. I know that's there. I know what I'm preaching to you is absolutely the truth. And so I was a little bit perplexed as I thought about this, but I think I've got it all under control. In between not enough and more than enough, what is that place? Where am I if I'm not enough 
and I'm, I'm not that, and I'm not more than enough, where am I? You are in the land of just enough. Now, let me tell you what the land of just enough is. It is a passage to more than enough. Now, that's where you can get excited because if you're standing there and today you're in not enough, you can, I think you could bypass just enough. Most of us haven't been able to do that. We get to a point where just enough comes in. And we may be just living in just enough. And this is what God said to me. He said, tell them provision. And so the title of my message was going to be God will provide. God will provide. Today, you may be staring at something you cannot do, staring at a bill you cannot pay, staring at a challenge that you can't overcome without God's provision. But there is a place where God will provide. I remember this, the woman of Zarephath. Do you remember the woman of Zarephath? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the woman of Zarephath. In, 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 in 1 Kings chapter 4, this little lady had no way to pay her bills. And, and, and it had come time that she had to pay these bills. She had to pay these bills. She had to pay them. Now some folks, the first, first thing before I go to this, some folks have a poverty spirit. And if you're struggling with that, you need to get that thing off. You need to curse that thing from the root and say, I'm not going to live in poverty anymore. You may have even gotten out of it and seen it come back on you and didn't even know it. Watching God rob from you every week, every day. You've got to rebuke that spirit. You've got to overcome that spirit. You've got to defeat that spirit. And you've got to find out what brought that spirit into your house. What did you do? How did you open the door for a poverty spirit to come in your house? Did you not do something God told you to do or did you do something God told you not to do? Amen. Maybe you didn't pay your tithes. Maybe you didn't give an offering. Maybe Then ask God for forgiveness and move on. Amen. Get out of that thing. Go on with God. Get in the things of God. God wants you blessed. He wants you in a nice house. He wants you in a nice car. He wants you in nice clothes. Amen. Amen. Get that poverty spirit off. But there are a few of you that aren't there. You're not poverty spirits. You're just not in the land of more than enough. You're like the Zarephath woman. She was serving God. She was a servant of the Lord. She knew the man of God. She knew Elijah. And so by knowing him, he came and asked what he could do. She didn't have enough money to pay her bills. She was struggling. And so they were coming to collect on the debt. And so the man of God told her, you go get a bunch of pots of oil. Go find all these pots of oil. He gave her a solution. And, and, and or all these pots, not pots of oil, but pots. And fill your house with these pots and take the oil that you got and the oil won't run out. She started pouring oil into these pots. The pots got full of oil, so much so that she could take that oil, go and sell that oil and pay off the bills. God provided her needs, Philippians 4.19. And my God... I didn't write it. I didn't make that up. See, she was in need. She stood in a challenge. She had a difficulty in her life. She wasn't in a poverty spirit. It was a time of difficulty. The land was not producing, and she had no way to produce. And God came through and caused the oil to never fail and gave her enough to pay her bills so that she could survive the situation. That was not more than enough, although it was because she was able to pay off bills, but the bills were already there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anybody ever get in debt and you just gotta pay the stuff off? God knows how to pay it off. 
God provided. God will provide. And my God shall supply every need. Every need. College can be paid. Car payments, God will pay. Bills, God will pay. Future, God will pay. Somebody in here ought to shout. I'm not a beggar. God didn't produce beggars. Some of you sitting here, you've been begging God. You don't need to beg him. You need to begin faith. You need to hear God's going to take care of you. God's going to see you through. God will provide. Now, she had to do something. She had to go get some pots. She had to sell the oil. She had to pour the oil. She had to obey. In the land of provision, when you're in a position of provision and not promise, you can't act like you're in promise. Don't go buy no Mercedes Benz with no job. You can't go get no Lexus SUV on a McDonald's salary. That's just dumb. You can't even afford the tire. You can't act like you're in the land of promise there. You put on Rolex watches. You need to hock the roll. I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> it's provisional. There are times in our life when we stand in a place of provision. There's nothing wrong with that. I found out there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with a position of, posi- uh, of, of provision as long as it's only a place we're passing through. See, when the children of Israel got into the land of provision, they started looking back at the land and not enough. And God had only intended, listen to me, God only intends for you to leave the land of not enough. He intends for you to pass through the land of provision and to walk into the land of promise. Some of you are on your way Some of you are headed to the land of promise. Some of you are headed, you're on your way. You might think you're defeated, but you're not. You're just on a journey. God's got you going from here to there. There is a place that where provision will not be. It will be a land of promise, a land flowing with milk and honey, a land for the Somebody say, I'm on my way. Say it again, I'm on my way. Say it again, I'm on my way. You gotta understand where you are. It's a highway. It's just a roadway to the promise. I was reminded there's another one. Sit down, sit down. Elijah came to a lady, said to her, give me some water to drink. It was on his way. And uh, God had told him, I will have somebody there who will sustain you. Now, I think it's interesting 
that the man of God needed a sustaining on his journey. See, there's a journey we're going through and there's a sustaining sometimes. Sometimes there's things we gotta pick up along the way because if we didn't quite get it, we might not be able to keep the promise. If I didn't know how to do warfare before I got to Canaan, I wouldn't know how to win in Jericho. I wouldn't know how to overcome when I got across the river. I wouldn't know how to make it. I might not appreciate so much how I got there. I might not realize it was God who got me there. And this lady comes in, Elijah's on the way, Elisha's on the way through and comes up and says, give me something to drink. So she did just that. She started on a journey to go get him something to drink, which I think is interesting. She obeyed first. She obeyed first. Then he yells out, hey, by the way, bring me some food. And she stops and turns around and says, look here. I ain't got no food. I'm going to make a cake for my kids. And then we're going to die. This is how it happened. And he yells out, I don't care. Make me a cake first. (laughs) Boy, could you imagine the newspaper article if I did that? Pastor takes widow's last mite. <laughs> Pastor eats family's last meal. <laughs> she obeyed and she went and made him a cake first. When she obeyed, provision came. Bam, provision showed up and it sustained her and her children Throughout the famine, provision was made. There are times you need to understand where you are. You might need to stop complaining in the moments of provision, especially if you're really on your way to the land of Canaan. In the Bible, in Deuteronomy chapter eight, it says that the Lord kept their shoes and their clothes. The children of Israel wandered from the land of not enough. All they had was a pair of clothes they put on and some shoes they wore that day. I mean, they they had all, that's all. I mean, they packed up their goodies and they left, but it wasn't much. I mean, they were slaves. What did you have? What does a slave own? I I don't think it's much. They took whatever little possessions they had and they carried it with them. But the Bible says that when they got into the wilderness, that their clothes did not perish and that their shoes did not, that their feet didn't swell, meaning they had shoes on. And that their shoes, in other words, think about this now. Their clothes grew on them. Their shoes grew on them. The baby had a pair of shoes on when they started the journey and had the shoes on when they ended the journey 40 years later. Sometimes God just stretches it. You don't even know how it happened, you just stretch it out. 
it just fit when it shouldn't have fit. It just worked when it shouldn't have worked. It just was when it shouldn't have been. God just made it happen. A God of provision, he comes through. He's going to show up. He'll be there when you need him. He will not let you down. He will not leave you alone. If he's got to make it grow on your foot, he'll make it grow on your foot. After all, he made five loaves and a fish stretch out. Oh, come on now. You're telling me he made this shoe grow? He's God. He's making it. When will you believe that he's actually God, that God can do it? God can make them extensions last longer. Just kidding. That was a joke. Them fingernails, that pain will last longer. Tires will go further. God sustained them because my God shall supply. You gotta know where you're at. And you gotta know what to believe God for. Sometimes God is sustaining you through a difficult time and God is making things happen. I know how much you hate it because I hate it when it happens to me. But you can't be like the children of Israel, Brother Derek, because if you are, you're gonna end up where they were. The journey through the desert was only a 12 day journey. 12 days. 12 days. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews, those that stayed in the desert and died in the desert died by, because of disobedience. You see, I told you this morning, God wants you in promise. The word of God says he wants you in promise. But if you're still looking back at not enough and still complaining about just enough, you'll never stand in more than enough. This all came out of my thoughts about Abraham. And I need to quit. Abraham went with his child by the spirit of the Lord. God told him, you take your son and sacrifice him. And he said these words. I love this because he knew there was a promise. Hallelujah. I want you to imagine him leaving with not enough. Can you imagine what it must have been like to have the thoughts I'm sacrificing my son and have been told that? I don't, can't even imagine it. And as you were headed that direction, you left not enough. You're walking with wood. You got just enough. The Bible says they took the things to make fire with them. Just enough. But he said, me and the boy will return. Me and the boy. I'm leaving with not a so good word. I'm carrying it with me. But me and that boy are going to return. I believe, he honestly believed this. If I sacrifice my son, he dies on the altar and burns up, God will bring him back. Because God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that he should lie and God had promised him that his son would be as the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea. And I promise you, Abraham, when you go, I'll have my, you're gonna have a son. And Abraham knew the promise. And I'm telling you, there's a promise out there that says that you have more than enough. 
There's a promise that says you are above and not beneath, over and not under. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And no matter what you're looking at right now, and no matter what sacrifices you feel like you've made, I'm telling you on the other side is a promise. Just because you may be staring at not enough and you may be in the middle of just enough does not mean there's not a promise on the other side. That God has a more than enough. God has a more than enough. And so Abraham goes up on this mountain. When he gets to the top of the mountain, he goes to sacrifice his son. And when he does, the angel of the Lord the Lord yells out and says, stop. Don't do it. This is Genesis chapter 22 starting at verse 11. Don't do it. Don't kill your son. And behind him is a provision. Behind him is a substitute for his son. Provision is a substitute. It's only a substitute for promise. But because he could substitute the lamb or the ram for his son, after the substitution, he walked in the promise. After the substitution, he walked in the promise. After... And he says of the place, he says, this shall be called from now on Jehovah Jireh. Now what that means is the God who sees and the God who knows. He sees you and he knows you. He sees your need and knows it before you even ask it. But here's what that really means. He's the God who sees to it. If you came to me and said, Pastor Steve, I need you to do such and such, I said, yes, sir, I'll see to that. He's the God that not only sees, but he sees to it. God will provide. 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 He's Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. God will provide. God will provide. God will provide. God will provide. And my God shall supply. Glory to God. All my needs and my God will supply. Oh, my needs and my God will supply. Oh, oh, somebody shout in this house. Stand up on your feet and give him a shout. Stand up on your feet and give him a shout. He'll see to it. He'll see to it. He'll see to it. Come on, shout. Shout like you mean it. Come on, shout. Come on, shout it out. Shout your victory. Speak your victory. 
Speak your victory.